Today's New Testament reading is from Philippians, the third chapter. Finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. To write the same things to you is no trouble to me, and is safe for you. Look out for the dogs, look out for the evildoers, look out for those who mutilate the flesh. For we are the circumcision, who worship by the Spirit of God and glory in Christ Jesus, and put no confidence in the flesh, though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also. If anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day, of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, as to the law, a Pharisee, as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. But whatever gain I had, I counted as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. Not that I have already obtained this or am already perfect, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus has made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way, and if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. Only let us hold true to what we have attained. Brothers, join in imitating me, and keep your eyes on those who walk according to the example you have in us. For many, of whom I have often told you and now tell you even with tears, walk as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their end is destruction, their God is their belly, and they glory in their shame with minds set on earthly things. But our citizenship is in heaven, and from it we await a Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body to be like His glorious body, by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. This is the word of the Lord. For today's meditation on God's word, we welcome Pastor Peter Ill. In the name of Jesus, amen. According to the flesh and human wisdom, Paul had a lot going for him. He lists his credentials in his letter to the Philippians. He was, indeed, a Hebrew of Hebrews, descended from the tribe of Benjamin, circumcised on the eighth day of his life, a Pharisee who persecuted the church because he thought it was the right thing to do. 
Paul was on the fast track to success as a rabbi and Jewish leader. According to the flesh, many things were going in the right direction for him, but God knew otherwise. God knew that Paul's dedication to the law would keep him from the gospel of Jesus Christ. All that Paul had according to the flesh would lead to his destruction. That's why, when Paul writes to the Philippians, he writes about how things used to be for him. But now, things are different. He counts everything as loss for the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus as his Lord. He even says that what he had considered as important was now rubbish to him. Like yesterday's trash, Paul's status and importance was spoiled and outdated. He had something better, the surpassing greatness of of Christ Jesus, his Lord. But what about you? Do you consider things in your life to be able to give you satisfaction? Are you an American of Americans, even on this day when we remember with grief and horror what happened in our country on September 11th, 2001? Do you derive your worth from an American flag in your yard, or a patriotic bumper sticker? Or are you a Christian of Christians, proudly displaying your faith so that others will look at you and rejoice? Is your testimony more about bringing you glory than glorifying your Father in heaven? Do you look to your family to give you a sense of worth? Or to your employer? Do you want your bank account, your house, or your car to tell you and others how important you are? Or do you look to your self-esteem, your self-confidence, and your productivity to tell you what value you have? All these questions swirl around God's command that you have no other gods before him. Now, of course, you don't bow down to an idol of stone or wood or metal. But what does it mean to have a God? Jesus calls you to love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your mind. Martin Luther restates it this way in his large catechism. A God means that from which we are all to expect all good, and to which we are to take refuge in all distress, so that to have a God is nothing else than to trust and believe him from the whole heart, as I have often said that the confidence and faith of the heart alone make both God and an idol. If your faith and trust be right, then your God also is true. And on the other hand, if your trust be false and wrong, then you have not the true God, for these two belong together, faith and God. That, now, I say, upon which you set your heart and put your trust, is properly your God. So, what is your God? Certainly, sometimes it is your Lord, Jesus Christ, but other times, it is yourself, your job, or your possessions, those things that you trust in more than anything else, because you've put your faith not in Christ, but in your stuff. So what do you do with that realization? You are called to do the same thing that Paul was called to do. Repent. Turn from your sin of selfishness and self-centeredness and self-confidence and pride. Look to Christ, your Savior, for every good. He is the one who suffered and died for your sake. He is the one who humbled himself, even to death, even to death on a cross for you. 
He is your Savior who rescues you from sin. But, you're quick to protest, that doesn't seem to work. It doesn't seem like that makes your life any better. Your bank account is the same, your family is still full of discord and disagreement, and nothing has gotten better. But looking for those things isn't what Jesus has promised to give you. Jesus has promised to make you his own. Jesus has promised you the upward call of eternal life with him. Faith isn't about bank accounts, or respect from others, or growing in wealth or possessions, but it is about the righteousness of God that is given to you. Receive Christ's righteousness with joy, because that is his promise for you. Still, you're not a perfect Christian, and you don't have a perfect faith. You have not achieved these things yet, just like Paul himself hadn't yet realized these things. That's okay, because you are clothed with Christ. When you are Christ's own, what else is there? You have the life, forgiveness, and salvation of Almighty God, of Jesus Christ, who suffered and died and rose for you. And that, dear Christian, is all that you need. In the name of Jesus, Amen.